Welcome to Zero Brightness, a podcast about horror video games. My name is Ali. I'm joined by my friend James. How's it going, James? Better than you. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, dude. Coming in hot. Ollie has a PTSD from this week's game. (laughs) Send thoughts and prayers, please. Yeah. So today we're talking about Alan Wake. (laughs) Sorry. And uh, I had a lot of issues. Someone recommended this to us. Really? I'm mad. I'm mad at them. No, I think it's a couple people. Oh, damn. The hell is wrong with y'all? Well, okay. You know what? No, no. Like, uh, we're gonna we're gonna have a conversation about it. My goal here is not just to unleash and unload on Alan Wake as hard as I can. I mean, I'm gonna, but like, maybe I'll preface it with something that'll help. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, before that, a couple of reminders. As always, this episode is brought to you by you. You can go to Patreon.com/slash/ZeroBrightness to learn how you can help the show and support us doing what we do uh also zero brightness is a game club and we try to tell you what we're going to play next even though our release schedule has gotten really weird because of all these new games coming out yeah sometimes you gotta prioritize the new stuff yeah gotta get that seo baby um anyway uh and finally spoilers when we're talking about a game that's like 10 ish or more years old we don't care and we're gonna spoil so yeah big warning plot hot takes coming in (laughs) yeah so alan wake came Mm -hmm. out in 2010 developed by the Finnish game studio Remedy Games, famous for the original two Max Payne games and this game, really. Yeah, and Control, which just came out and it's getting really good reviews. Yeah, well, their games always get good reviews. Like, you look at their history on Metacritic, it's kind of bonkers. Like, yeah, their games always get good reviews, and but there's always these weird dissenting opinions that are like, I hate this. Which is like, it, it's kind of interesting, you know? It's like they're almost on the tier of like a studio that's just always critically acclaimed, but yeah. they're not quite there. Well, and I could see why. Yeah. Oh, me too. <laughs> yeah. So this game came out three months after Deadly Premonition, and they sort of thematically tried to do a very similar thing, which is kind of capture some of the spirit of what makes Twin Peaks really special. Mm-hmm. And, and Deadly Premonition does that a lot better. Yeah, I mean, I would say that Deadly Premonition was very focused on the like Twin Peaks vibe, obviously. I think this game, it's a little more of a mishmash, like... It has more Stephen King, more X-Files, more just like general 90s horror. Yeah. There are direct cops, though. Because, like, I mean, there's a log lady, the lamp lady. Yeah. And there's the diner that looks just like the diner. So there, there's things like directly copped from it, even though it does use influence from all these other 90s shows. Yeah, for sure. I think it's just like... Delhi Premonition was so focused uh, and this game is so unfocused <laughs> mm. that it kind of it makes me think 
more of Eternal Darkness, actually. It's funny that we're playing those games like back to back because yeah. Eternal Darkness is a lot more of that kind of like let's just mix together a bunch of different influences because even like as focused on HP Lovecraft as Eternal Darkness is the fact that they're not doing any direct lifts and they are making their own universe and etc cetera, etc cetera, makes it feel a lot more like this game where it's like yeah clearly like Twin Peaks was a big influence on Bright Falls but yeah. like it, it, it's a lot more of just like a genre mishmash and there's other tone stuff too that it just feels more like a TBS show yeah it really feels like a, a USA or Turner show like hour long episodes corny melodrama mixed with supernatural stuff going on totally and it's got like the editing style the dialogue all that stuff it really like okay so <laughs> I used to have this job I was basically like an in-home care job and like because of my schedule being weird and the person I was caring for having a weird schedule also like I had a lot of downtime where I would just like sit there during the day and watch like daytime TV but like I don't like daytime TV so I would just <laughs> find like the weirdest daytime TV to watch which I think it was maybe sci-fi or some channel like that that would just play Supernatural and The Ghost Whisperer over and over and over and the two things i realized is like number one the ghost whisperer is like hella underrated dude like i will go to bat i think many people who know me know to not get me started on the ghost whisperer because it'll get bad real quick i'm not getting but, you started on it no i and i'm just yeah. silently judging you no yeah go ahead dude ghost whisper <laughs> fucking rips but like the funny thing was that like i watched a bunch of episodes of supernatural which is like a pretty shitty tv show just really mindlessly and then mm. a few years later i was like monica and i were like we should try and watch supernatural and i think we got actually 15 seconds into the episode and we just like slammed it off because it was just like dude this is fucking awful like just the writing and directing and it's so boneheaded and mm. like I don't know Alan Wake looks like he could be the fourth lead on Supernatural yeah, I, I have no experience with those shows so it just kind of reminds me of like a generic 90s mishmash maybe like it has the kind of like mentality of like a Buffy episode or something yeah like it feels real dumb like it's written for like American primetime like 8th grade intelligence mentality you know what i mean yeah so okay here's a good place to drop in like a couple of short meta conversations that i wanted to have uh-huh um so this game came out in 2010 yeah and boy howdy is it the most fucking 2010 game ever yes so like 2010 was a weird time because it was kind of situated between two big like eras in gaming because mm -hmm. 2006 is when the that generation of consoles launched so that was when we got like or PS3, 2006 2007 yeah we 360 ps3 that's kind of like the birth of like what the gaming industry looks like now yeah and so there's all these like new genres coming up and new like takes on old genres and new tech and blah 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 mm -hmm. but it got kind of like dated really fast and it wasn't until more like 
2013 that we got games or we started getting games that you can go back to and they feel really modern like Mm. you you start seeing games where if you pick them up and play them they just feel like games do now you know whether that's the controls or the way they're written or the way they're directed there's just something more modern about them yeah 2010 was like right in the middle so it's got all these like modern things but it feels really dated a lot of these games kind of feel weird and janky Mm. and i also like this is another conversation is that i have no fucking nostalgia for this era like this is basically when i stopped playing video games because i thought they all sucked and were boring yeah me too well yeah another thing a couple more things about this sort of generation uh, Japanese game developers were kind of left in the dust. Yeah. Uh, they took a back seat while Western devs raked in the bigger blockbusters and everything. It's the birth of the giant studio. You know, Rockstar kind of did that, started that in the PS2 days. But, you know, with the giant studio, there's less experimentation. There's less innovation. So I feel like that that generation of gaming was more refinement and graphical improvements and everything. But the, you don't see any, like jumps in gameplay ever it's sort of like ps2 games on steroids yeah totally and i feel like we're kind of at the tail end of that which is great because now japanese devs are picking up steam again we're seeing more innovation we're seeing smaller studios being really successful while the giants are struggling and putting in slot machines in their games to make extra money yeah i mean this era is like so over and like i think for me you know in recent years my favorite year in gaming has been like 2017 we got like so many cool fucking games like that was you know resident evil 7 uh that was uh evil within 2 prey came out that year near came out that year like bunch of cool shit yeah and i think like yeah this era is like such a specific thing and is very like I mean this was an Xbox 360 exclusive. It was published by Microsoft. Yeah. Um, and like it just has, <laughs> it just has that feel. And yeah, it's Xbox as fuck. Yeah. And it, the and thing all I want to say is making fun of Xbox gamers. Like, yeah. <laughs> this game is the embodiment of that, along with like Halo and whatever the fuck else Xbox gamers play. Totally. And I mean, (laughs) the thing I want to say about it is like, this episode is like super not even handed. It's not going to be at all because like both of us basically like hate this era. And like I straight up do like the stuff that I like about games, the kind of weird oddball niche stuff. Like there was none of that. And right this game actually i mean somewhere on the internet i think there's an essay that i wrote about like trying to play this game because i remember writing it and somebody (laughs) publishing it but i don't know like what website or blog or what that was but like i tried to play this game when it came out and i fucking hated it and i just like once again just slammed it shut just banged it on this game i was like nope uh and like yeah i have no nostalgia for this but i understand if you're like a little bit younger or this was just like a time that you really were into gaming or whatever like you maybe have some nostalgia for this game yeah and like i just want to say that i'm sorry (laughs) i want to know i want to know what people see in this game because we're gonna really get into it but yeah i i don't see what other people are saying 
We talked about this a little bit in the Eternal Darkness episode, right? Because, like, to me, Eternal Darkness is another survival horror game that you could put into, like, the PS2 canon. Like, like the first Fatal Frame, where you're like, okay, it has its issues, but I generally like what it's doing. I like this game. You don't feel that way. So for right. you, it's like, fuck this game. And you never played it before, so you were like, double fuck <laughs> this game, right? Like, right. I think there's, it's not even nostalgia, it's like conditioning. Like, if that's something you like, you're just, you know, it's like, if you like black metal, you are conditioned to expect that the the production sounds like shit. <laughs> right? Well, sort of. I mean, it's gotten better. Well, it, it doesn't have to, though. I expect them to be Nazis, but that's besides <laughs> the point. That's, well, that's a bigger problem that nobody's figured out. But it's like, it's just like certain genres of music they have quirks and if you like that genre you become accustomed to it you become conditioned to it so if something comes out if someone else says i don't like this thing about that you say maybe this isn't for you like this is just a hallmark of this genre right so it's like with video games there's something really similar especially if you're going back to like niche genres from a certain time so like alan wake is like totally a 2010 mono game right right i think it 10 years from now people are going to look back on something like red dead redemption and be like oh that's like a 2018 mono game yeah and some people are going to think it's great and some people are going to think it's fucking terrible right so here's the thing about alan wake though it's got this veneer of being like deep and well-written and smart and everything but really if you just boil it down to its essence it's just a fucking shooter game with a bunch of cutscenes. yeah i mean that's it so, I mean, I can understand why Xbox kids like it, I guess. Well, no, you know, the, okay. The big problem with this game, ultimately, though, okay, so everything I just set aside, like, in my attempt to be even-handed and say, like, okay, maybe I get it, I don't fucking get it. The game is about <laughs> a writer, and it has the worst writing that I've maybe ever experienced. It's really bad. In a piece of media that clearly had like a budget and skilled people working on it. And the narration, the narration is just awful. Yeah, like this isn't fucking Sharknado. Why is it like this? <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course it's got collectathon parts, and a big part of the collectathon is running around and like picking up these pages of, the, of this manuscript, which mm-hmm. like one of the world's best selling authors is supposed to be writing. And the writing is just so bad that like, I mean, like, Two hours into the game, I just stopped reading the manuscript pages. Yeah, what the fuck? Like, (laughs) it really blew my fucking mind. Because I'm looking at this, and it's like, yeah, so this game's about a writer. It's supposed to be well-written, I think. Yeah. And it's terrible. Like, it's worse than, like, a shitty airport bookstore Right. novel like clive cussler like it's worse than that dude it feels like it's written for like middle schooler kids you know what i mean like it's at th- it's at that reading comprehension level no i no no fucking way dude because like i left my sneakers in dimension x is better written than this yeah that book bangs dude like this does not like yeah. okay okay <laughs> writing workshop critique of this game here we go number one in his manuscript every line is the fucking same it is like a third person description that has the exact same flow as every other line 
So like a sample passage would be, he looked around and felt the darkness coming. He moved towards the door. Thoughts swarmed inside his head. And it just goes on like that for a whole page. And it's like, who the fuck writes like that? What the fuck? Like, have you read a book, dude? Like, what book are you reading right now? Shut it. Shut that book. Put it in the free library. Get rid of it, dude. Like, stop it. You're a writer. Like, don't read that shit, dude. What the fuck? He's got writer's block. He's trying to work through it. No, but that's the thing. The plot says that he got inspired and wrote this manuscript while caught in a hell world. Mm. I mean, oh, spoilers. Like, wow. But... <laughs> He watched too many Goosebumps episodes. Dude, it drove me nuts. So, like, that's his quote-unquote writing style. And it's fucking awful. And then on top of that, the in-game writing style is maybe worse somehow. Because, number one, there's a constant narration that doesn't stop. Number two, it has the same problem as his writing where every line sounds exactly the same. It has the same flow and meter. Mm -hmm. And then, number three, is that it's all just mission objectives. Yeah, well, barely. Most of it is just run to the next checkpoint in the middle of the woods. I mean, we'll we'll get into like game flow and everything, but yeah. I mean. But like, he'll literally have a third person like narration where he's like, "I should really run to the next checkpoint in the woods." Yeah. <laughs> and then you'll talk to a character if you have a companion at the time, and they'll be like, "Hey, Alan, I think you should run to the next checkpoint in the woods." And it's like, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. So. The game tries really hard to do world building, but every iteration of the world building is just kind of like broken and stunted. Yeah. Like we talked about how, you know, it it cops Twin Peaks a lot and it tries to give it that homey atmosphere. But also, you know, there's manuscript pages everywhere. So you're supposed to stop the game and read the manuscript pages and continue. It it, It just breaks the entire pacing of the game. And then there's also a like a TV show on TV. Mm hmm. Like it's like the Twilight Zone, and you can like stop and watch episodes on televisions throughout the game. But you're like in the middle of like sort of an action sequence, and like in between action sequences, the game developers kind of like expect you to like pause and watch a TV show on a little TV for five minutes. Right. And it does the same thing with a radio station, and you can tune into the radio station at several different times. And you know, each time it just like slams the game's pacing it slams it on the brakes like i understand that they were trying to like build a rich world but they did it in like such a wrong way right well and this is a problem with the entire game like this problem never stops right okay so a video game has the same elements that like a movie or a play does (laughs) in that it has direction and it has blocking Now, in a good video game, you don't think about those things. You don't think about the blocking, like where characters are in a scene, and you don't think about the direction because it's supposed to just happen naturally. Like, a great example is Dusk. Dusk always starts you in a level with a really striking visual. Mm. Like, that's direction because the game doesn't actually have cutscenes. That's a choice. Yeah. Like, so... It instead it gives you these visuals and it has level design that also points you towards other visuals. The game is incredibly well directed and yet it doesn't have any cutscenes. Right. Now, you could say the same thing about a lot of first person games. Like the direction 
should be that you don't think about it. Yeah, Doom 2016 is another great example of that. I need to actually play that, by the way. You keep bringing it up. (laughs) I know. I fucked up. Uh, But, like, yeah, like, you can take any video game where this wasn't a problem and hold it up as a good example. Like, even get, okay, like, like, near Automata, like, whatever. Like, you can run around and jump and, and do whatever while people are talking, but, like, the characters will pivot to look at you and the like the camera doesn't lock or like nothing weird happens so it just feels natural Mm -hmm. like and if you want it to look more cinematic you just don't fidget while cutscenes are happening (laughs) but like the game is set up to accommodate you doing whatever you want and then every once in a while there's like you know it stops and shows you like a pre-rendered cutscene or whatever like that's how most games do it it's a pretty elegant solution to blocking and direction for some reason (laughs) for some reason Alan Wake just like could not get the fucking handle handle on this, right? So like, number one, it constantly expects you to stop and stare at things or stop and listen to things when there's no stimulus. So even like the TVs, which are showing you images, they're like tiny and black and white. It's like, I don't want to fucking stand there and look at this. It's also, once again, it's not well written or well acted. It's like purposely cheesy or something, but in a really cringy way. Right. It's like, yeah it's really really bad and that's true of everything that comes on tvs because a couple times like other stuff well there's a couple other things that show up on tvs too and they're all like cringy poorly acted early poorly quality yeah local film festival at best (laughs) and like uh it just keeps asking you to stop but then it has another another huge problem right which is that it they are super in love with these walk and talk cutscenes. Yeah. Where like you're walking slowly with another character who's talking to you. Now, the problem with these cutscenes is either that like they don't lock your walking speed and you can just run away from them accidentally <laughs> or they do lock your walking speed and they happen super fucking slowly and like you're trying to pivot the camera around so you can see the people who are talking to you, but you can't really because the camera is super tight on your character, yeah. which we'll talk about later. It's a big problem. But like, so they have these walk and talk cutscenes where the character, the camera is up your character's ass and you're trying to like <laughs> see who's talking to you, but you can't see and you're walking really slow. And then on top of it, sometimes while this is happening, there's stuff you can interact with. And more than once, I actually broke the game because I wow. like saw something. And I was like, oh, I'm going to pick it up. And I hit B and then my character got stuck on an like an object <laughs> in the world trying to pick it up while these other characters were talking. And I had to reload the checkpoint wow. and go through that whole fucking walk and talk scene again. Good job. It's like. Dude, how did you make a new problem for video games? Like blocking (laughs) was not really a problem for video games. It's just like, sorry, you can't have this certain kinds of blocking. It it works in some games too. Like it, it just has to be well implemented. So like, okay, well, one, Remedy says that this game, the original plan for it was to be more open ended and free roaming and sandbox style. And so, for example, uh, a game that does this well is Hitman, where you can stand around and listen to conversations, but the world is so well built that all the characters are sort of intertwined, so you can hear rumors about one character from one person somewhere else, and then, you know, use that to your advantage later on. Uh, So that could totally work, and if this game was more sandbox and free roam, 
and you were just talking to people walking around instead of like playing out cutscenes, it would work a lot better because you might as well just fucking watch it. Right. Yeah. Uh, those points with narrative. Yeah. I mean, if you for some reason are, are just morbidly curious and want to see what this game is like, just watch a playthrough. Don't fucking play it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, th- th- that all kind of brings us to the flow of the game. The game is broken up into six episodes, like a mini series. And each episode starts with a big chunk of narrative, which is like partly playable and partly all cut scene. There's a big chunk in the middle where it's like a little bit of adventure, but mostly shooting in an ultra linear environment. And then the end of each chapter is more info dump, like either interactive cutscene or non-interactive cutscenes. And that's kind of the flow of the game. And there's six of those, and then it's over. There's some bonus ones, too. but Yeah. I mean, it's so repetitive. Yeah. like, And it's just not well written. Like, that's what kept turning me off. Like, I really... This game kind of broke me. Like, maybe it's probably obvious, but this game totally <laughs> fucking broke me. Like, I did not want to keep playing it. I really yeah. wanted to stop. You're a trooper. All, yeah, no, I am. I found all the characters insanely off-putting. I found all the dialogue so hackneyed. And the fact that I could actually, like, lose the game because I accidentally pressed B while someone was talking, like, <laughs> really turned me off all the cutscenes. And, yeah, so once once you're... Okay, but, like, okay, right? So the story, it's 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 a garbage fire. It's, it's written by an eight-year-old. It's terrible. But, like, <laughs> then you look at the gameplay, right? Cause like I've definitely played, I've said in the past, if a game can like, lets me skip the story and the gameplay is fun, I can still maybe get into it. But Mm -hmm. dude, the game is not fun. Well, so, okay. Most of the game boils down to combat with like shadow dudes in the woods. And essentially they have like the shadow armor that you have to like shatter with your flashlight and then they'll take damage. So essentially, you know, you'll see a group of them running at you and you shine your flashlight at them until they kind of like pop. And when they pop, you shoot them a few times. And that's like most of the game. And I mean, like, come on, like the guy's a writer. He's not like a fucking cop or anything. You literally shoot thousands of rounds in this game. Oh, yeah. It just doesn't make any fucking sense. And here's the crazy thing, right? Like the game throws this at you pretty quick and you're like... Okay, so it's pretty action heavy. And there's a lot of dissonance there because it's like, this guy is like a writer, right? Yeah. Well, so, okay, the setup to the game is deceptive. Like, you start the game, you're kind of like on a ferry going to this town of Twin Peaks. And it's really gorgeous. Uh There's a real wide shot. You can kind of see the whole town and the bay. And so... (laughs) if you're me you're like really hoping that you can just like slice of life it walk around the town talk to people and you know that that would make a a rich experience but the illusion is just like immediately shattered the first time you're kind of in the woods at night and it introduces you to the combat mechanics that never change and essentially just never end until the end of the game like so much of this game is just running around in the woods in the dark but it's like also, I mean, a third of the way through the game, he just turns into Max Payne. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, there's a there's like bullet time dodging. Yeah. So when a dude's about to jump you, you just bullet time yourself out of there and shoot him. 
But it's like the cutscenes in the cutscenes. He's like jumping, making like crazy jumps and like diving and shooting. It just turns into like a John Woo movie. Yeah. And it's like, well, like, but run through like a bunch of shitty filters, which is what Max Payne is basically. Right. And it's like, oh God, it's so fucking bad. Like, oh man. It, it drove me nuts. Like, it really drove me nuts. Because, yeah, like you said, the setup is, like, it's slower. It's atmospheric. It's, you know, he's a writer. It's going to have this, like, Twin Peaks-y quality to it. And that just yeah. doesn't happen. They pushed the world building so hard that they even had a web miniseries prequel. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it's pretty low low budget. I couldn't make it through. But I'm sure some people out there appreciate it dude uh, it's a real slow burn kind of thing so yeah right like know. but like where was that in the fucking game like yeah what? exactly yeah i mean okay so the crazy thing is that the only other game i've played by these guys is the original max Payne, which mm. you know i played on the ps2 like when it came out it's fine it's a fun action game like i don't know i i went and watched some videos of it because in my mind i was like this is i feel like this is just max Payne. Like, I don't really see what the difference between this game and the original Max Payne from, like, 2001 (laughs) was, right? I went and watched some videos, and I was reminded of a couple things. Number one is that this game literally is just Max Payne. So, like, Max Payne is, like, a corridor shooter that's all kind of indoors, like, urban environment sort of feel. Yeah. This is that game, except it's outdoors, so they put a bunch of objects to make it look like the woods, but... (laughs) All it does is make the game, like the levels, really hard to traverse because you'll be trying to walk up something that looks like you can walk up it and you just like hit not like an invisible wall, but they'll just be like too slightly too much debris. And the game is like, you can't walk over that because Alan only has like the worst jump in the world, Um, (laughs) which like all of their games have. Like even I watch some footage of control and you watch that motherfucker jump and it's like, you look stupid as shit, dude. Like, I know real people don't jump like video game characters, but there's a fucking reason that video game characters don't jump like real people. Anyway, white people can't well, jump science. <laughs> yeah, look at that shit up. It's like dogs not being able to look up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, like you're if you take away all the the debris added and the the woodsy veneer schmutzed over the whole game it's just fucking max Payne. yeah the other thing is that max Payne was like had this really weird tone like the cutscenes are all fake comic book style and it's very like edgelordy like the game opens with you watching like a baby get murdered basically nice which i totally forgot about and i was like ugh, yuck but <laughs> it's really funny because then like when i sort of saw that in that game it's sort of played as a bit camp it's kind of like sin city yeah right like the movie adaptation of sin city where it's like it's kind of camp it's kind of also just the tone it's hard to say uh max Payne's kind of like that now alan wake is also like that except there's no humor to it at all so yeah, i mean I like guess. i'm not a big max Payne fan but i get what they're going for you yeah. play this game and it's like what the fuck like there, there are a couple characters that are comic relief but uh they're not super successful yeah are they funny did you think they were funny like fuck the fucking agent who's just like this really like 
dumb he's like a new yorker in a mid-90s comedy like he's just a fucking stereotype and not even like a, not even like my cousin Vinny, which is like yeah. great movie like fuck yeah my cousin Vinny all day i've definitely made at least a couple my cousin Vinny references on this podcast but like a shitty one like i, don't, I can't even think of an example have you but, played bayonetta uh yes bayonetta also has a joe pesci clone and yeah, but he's so much better. I the guess. one in Bayonetta. I mean, hot take. I think Bayonetta's fucking stupid. Yeah, I mean, have you played it? Yeah, I've played it. <laughs> it's stupid as fuck. It's its style is just completely insufferable to me. But that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> no, you know, I actually agree with you. Like, I I think the gameplay is pretty good. Yeah, I think it's even maybe a little bit overrated, but yeah, the style of it and the tone and like, it's just so stupid. It's just a dumpster fire. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Zero Brightness. If you'd like to support us directly, you can go to patreon.com slash zero brightness. You can also find and interact with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Discord. All the relevant links are at zerobrightness.com. We'll see you out there. Speaking of dumpster fires, let's talk about Alan Wake's story a little bit. Oh, God, do we have to? (laughs) So here's the setup, all right? You're a generic white male named Alan Wake. From Silent Hill, obviously. Yeah, and he's just like really bitchy and insufferable. (laughs) Don't you get those vibes from him? Yeah, totally. Yeah, like... He kind of has, like, entitlement issues. <laughs> yeah. And so him and his wife go to Bright Falls to get away because he's got writer's block. Yeah. And uh, he goes to the Double R Diner, of course. <laughs> and immediately he's greeted by a cardboard cutout of himself because the main waitress is, like, a huge fan. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, our Shelly, essentially. Yeah. Um... He's supposed to meet the the guy that owns the cabin to pick up the keys, but instead he meets this creepy old lady by the bathroom, which is like fire walk with me yeah. as fuck. There's even like a blinking yeah, light. Totally. <laughs> and so she gives you a key to a cabin. And so you take off. And then the real guy with the cabin key shows up, but you're already gone. Anyways, you go to this spooky cabin and your wife disappears. Uh, into the lake next to the cabin. And so you jump in after her and you wake up a couple days later and your car crashed and you don't know where she is. Mm-hmm. And then you start shooting stuff. Yeah. Oh my God. I don't even know where to start. Like, <laughs> oh God, I just, he goes on a, <sighs> he goes on a big log adventure, finds a lot of ammo, a lot of energizer batteries, does a lot of QTEs, <laughs> a lot of Verizon cell phone calls. <laughs> Like okay, uh, there there's a lot of product placement in this game. Help me, James. Help me. Energizer batteries. <laughs> why is there an Energizer commercial in Alan Wake? Yeah, why is the cell phone Verizon Wireless? He even makes a "Can you hear me now?" joke. Yes. Hey, here's another question. Um, why did they think that it would be fun or engaging to make me press A to do everything that happens in the game? <laughs> press A to turn on the coffee pot. Press A in a minigame timed to start the generator. Uh, press A to grab the papers and bring them back to someone you're talking to. Like, 
Look, man, what? the generators are an integral part of the Alan Wake gameplay experience. It's like a quarter of the puzzles in the game are generator-based. <laughs> Probably even more. Half. Yeah. Half the puzzles in Alan Wake are generator-based. Like, are there really that many generators out there? It's the Pacific like, Northwest. I think they have a better infrastructure than them. Yeah. Like, what is going on with the power grid in this area? <laughs> like, holy shit. So yeah, there's a big cast of characters, of course, because we're trying really hard to be Twin Peaks, right? Yeah. And so Alan Wake is a slice of white bread of a man, and he has a slice of white bread wife. Yeah. We don't get to know much about her. She's scared and weak. We do learn that about her. Yeah, she's scared of the dark, which is terrifying. I mean, it's spooky out there. Yeah, but I mean, also clearly... Well, see, so she's a woman, so uh-huh. she can't be the star of the game, and she has to be scared all the time and crying a lot, and then um, when she's mm-hmm. not doing that, she has to henpeck him because she's his wife, and he's, like, yeah. a cool rock star guy. Yeah. So, like, basically, obviously, this game is, like, super well-written, and she's, like, a really, like, good character. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh, you know, of course, you know, since since everyone loves Twin Peaks, we have a log lady who's the lamp lady. <laughs> The lamp lady. You meet her right off the bat at the diner. She's warning you that that hallway is spooky with the blinking light. <laughs> uh, she'll play an integral part of the story later. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> also at the diner are two brothers. They're like old rock and roll burnout biker dudes. Yeah. And they're like, they're arguing over some bullshit song like Copacabana or some shit. Yeah. Or the Pina Colada song or something. Something like that. They want to hear it. Well, they want to hear it on the jukebox, so you have to go do a QTE to Fonzie the jukebox. Yeah. Fucking hell, man. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah, dude. I mean, oh, my God. I don't even want to go through this whole story. <laughs> Alan's, Alan's got a manager who's basically Joe Pesci. Yeah. A super unfunny character. Yeah. Of course, you know, there's the sheriff. Uh, this time it's a female sheriff, but she's like super Sheriff Truman, like no bullshit, kind of uninteresting character. Yeah, but also because she's a woman, the agent, Barry, has to constantly talk about how he wants to like fuck her. Yeah, totally. I mean, they couldn't have missed an opportunity to have like a female character who wasn't like a giant, like crappy male writer, yeah. cardboard cutout. This game loves cardboard cutouts in more way than one. So this game does sort of predict what happens to Dr. Lawrence Jacoby in Twin Peaks The Return <laughs> because they have a, a quirky radio host, sort of like Dr. Amp. Sure. But it's this jolly old man named Pat. Yeah. He's way more of like a friendly, you know, fatherly kind of radio host. Yeah. We talked about this the other day. Do you remember there was that radio show that was like, the guy was like, and now you know the rest of the story. <laughs> Do you I know what I'm talking so, about? Yeah. yeah, like uh, like he did just like human interest stories. And I remember when I was a kid in Cincinnati, he was like always on the radio. Paul Harvey, that's his mm. name. Um, so this guy has a real Paul Harvey kind of human interest story vibe where he's like, what's going on down by the sawmill? What's going on with the police? You know, it's like, it's pretty chill, I guess. Nice deep cut, dude. 
Yeah, Paul Harvey. Anyone else remember Paul Harvey? Shout me out in those YouTube comments, youngsters. What's up? I'm sure there's like a Dennis Miller joke about him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Quick little oh, reference. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Quick little GOP uh, reference. <laughs> but um, Anyways, since Alan's wife is missing, we also have a FBI agent. Very unlike Dale Cooper, he's an unlikable sort of comedic relief FBI character who always has some smart-ass quip to say, which is never funny. Yeah. And, I mean, that's basically all of the cast. Yeah. There's some minor characters here and there, but, I mean, that's about it. I mean, they all just kind of blend together. It's like... They all just have this... I mean, they're all just there to tell Alan what the next objective is. Yeah. And, like, they're all just there to spout a bunch of nonsense or make, like, really cratingly obvious references. Like, the FBI guy has a quirk where every time he sees Alan Wake, he calls him a different writer. Yeah. Like, hold it right there, Dean Koontz. Right. But, like, they're so grating and they're so clumsy and awkward where it's like... Dude, you know, you know, it's like, I'm not like fucking professor of English lit Ali Jafar over here, but it's like, I've written a couple words and it's like, (laughs) you know how to structure a line of fucking dialogue and like the way these, like, there's one part where he's like, oh, you're not going anywhere, HP, Lovecraft, and that's actually how it's fucking delivered. And it's like, why would you say (laughs) HP? You know, this guy's a writer. He's going to get it if you just call him Lovecraft or just call him HP. Like, that might be kind of funny. I don't know. But, like, no, he, they wanted to make sure all the eight year olds that were playing this game, like, got the reference. Yeah, so they could type it into Wikipedia and find out who HP Lovecraft is. It's like, oh my yeah. God. Did you just gatekeep all the eight year olds that love this game? Yes, I am gatekeeping eight year olds because I'm old enough to be their father <laughs> and I think they should go to bed and stop playing this. They're not even old enough to play this. Yeah, play something good. Like Katamari <laughs> Damasi. Yeah, play Doom. I don't care. You're eight now. You're a man. That's how I was raised. <laughs> you're a man now. Shoot something. I was seven. It's like, you're a man. You need to, like, pray. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I think I'm finding where all this rage comes from. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, no, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Just to back up one second. Is that, like... I'm really trying to decide how far into the writing circle, constructive criticism, uh, I want to go in on this game because the writing is just so, so, so bad on a basic level that, like I said, even me, like with just my like low level college degree can fucking like critique this game all day and all night. Every aspect of it is poorly written. It's poorly plotted. The dialogue is insufferable. It's like... But yeah, I, I mean something I hokey like in the mouth of madness, which like it tackles the same exact themes. It's goofy, but it's fun, you know? Exactly. No, totally. And like when you're comparing it to all of its goofy references, the goofy reference points are better because they know what they are and they're writing to an audience that either knows what it is or doesn't care what it is. Yeah. This game, it really does feel like it's aimed at like 11 year olds who are going to think it's deep you know what i mean like it's it's so fucking wild because i can't really imagine anyone else like thinking it's deep and the crazy thing is that it worked like okay we'll get to it i'm not going to drop it right now but the ending of this game is like hot bullshit yeah and 
After it happened, I was legitimately like, I don't know what the fuck any of that was supposed to be. I wonder if somebody <laughs> has figured it out. And I started looking at forums. Okay, number one, nobody has figured it out because they legitimately made something that makes no sense and they dropped no clues as to like what it's supposed to be. I think they were expecting to get greenlit for a full sequel, which they did not. Yeah. Um, and the other thing, though, is that I'm watching people lay out point by point why the ending makes no sense and why it's just like a dumpster fire. And then at the end of it, just randomly being like, this is brilliant. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like completely fucking insane. And once again, I like a lot of stuff that I could see some people stereotyping me in that way for like liking David Lynch or whatever. But yeah, I think that people who like like art like this that's well made there's an understanding or there's an acceptance if you're not a total like insufferable pretentious piece of shit yeah there's an acceptance that like some of it makes no sense and is stupid like or some of it makes no sense and is pointless right yeah like sure i'm not the guy here that's like every frame of lynch is a painting and is super meaningful you know it's like the same thing with sonic youth where it's like there i mean i know there are people it's like all these noises are so profound it's like no like some of it is literally just people dragging guitars on the floor like (laughs) but like some of it is really really great and some of the guitars being dragged on the floor are also really great go listen to the diamond sea gamers yeah exactly get get some real fucking shit dude the 10 minute version of diamond sea it's not a lake it's an ocean (laughs) (laughs) it's about saluka lake yeah exactly (laughs) i mean the, the point is that like when you look at stuff like this that is well made i mean there is an understanding you hope by like the people viewing it that's like Okay, some of this is just meant to be funny, or some of this is meant to just be sure. like weird. This game is just all trash. Yeah, this, this it would be like if uh, Twin Peaks was entirely centered around like Wyndham Earl. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like so ridiculous. But like I said, the the thing that's crazy is like as a gambit to get people to think it was like this great work of art. It actually worked. Like I don't know, man. Did it? I mean, people really have a high opinion of this game. And like, once again, so this company just put out a new game that's getting really, yeah, yeah, control. It's getting really good uh, reviews and a lot of like the talk around it references Alan Wake as like this company's old game. That's really, really good. Mm. You know? Yeah. Alan Wake has an 83 on Metacritic. Yeah. Seems high. Yeah. It's just so weird. Like, I don't get it. I mean, the game didn't sell very well, which is why they didn't do a full sequel. They did like a couple DLC chapters and then yeah. they did a spinoff called Alan Wake's American Nightmare that I did do some research on. And it kind of explains the ending a little bit. Whatever. Not interested. No, I know. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But it's it's just crazy that yeah. it's like. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't have any explanation. It just makes me tired to think about. Well, let's switch gears a little bit. We'll leave the story, you know, <laughs> for the future. Okay. But let's talk about Thanks. the gameplay a bit. Because, yeah. you know, besides the awful story, there's like some super mediocre gameplay for you, too. Sure. <laughs> All right. So the big gimmick of this game is light. Uh, like all the bad guys are weak to light because they're all like shadow people right so like i mentioned earlier you shine your light on them it breaks the shield and then you can shoot them you can use flares 
which uh, keeps them at bay and slowly like chips away at their shadow armor. The the most fun weapon is the flare gun though, which like really fucks shit up. Yeah, in a really like a satisfying way. So the way these shadow dudes attack you is that they stick to the shadows, so they'll kind of like slowly circle you, and they're really good at just kind of like fucking your day up. Um, so I think there's a juggle that I appreciated more than you in in terms of like the action gameplay, where like you really want to like keep them grouped together and like pop their armor off so you can like pick them pick at them slowly and there's sort of like a fun gameplay juggle with that it kind of clicks halfway through the game but then you quickly realize that it's just going to be like the same thing over and over and over again yeah there's only there's only like two bad guys in the whole game there's these like shadow farmer dudes that say weird shit and then there's like big shadow farmer dudes oh god the stuff they say are you kidding me are you kidding me? Yeah, they'll say, like, a heart disease is the number one killer of men over 50. You know, like, shit like that. Like, it's really random stuff. I, I've not, I think it's, like, they're trying to be, like, cute like Twin Peaks. Yeah, but it's not. It's not cute. It's stupid. I mean, I'll grant that the combat as a, bas- a basic idea is not bad. Yeah. It's even, like, kind of cool, and there's moments, like, where it clicks together, and it's, like okay, I sort of get what this is supposed to be. Yeah. But to me, there's a couple of really, really huge problems. Number one, the camera is up your fucking ass. Like, the camera is so tight that you can't see shit. So, (laughs) like, you get... I got, at least, I, I don't know, speaking for myself, I got constantly hit by enemies from behind who I couldn't see. Because, like, the camera was so, so, so tight. And... Like, the combat didn't get more difficult as the game went on. It just got more frustrating because they would put more guys. Yeah. So you would just, like, in a normal fight, you'd get hit once, let's say, from behind by an enemy you couldn't see. And that was annoying, but you can get hit once. It's fine. As the game goes on, it's like you can get hit three or four times, and then you're just, like, dead. And yeah. it was all from dudes who, like, I couldn't see. Uh, the other thing is that I don't... I hate the game speed in the combat because it's, like... Okay, so the idea is that you break their armor with the flashlight, but it takes so fucking long, and mm-hmm. they move so fast, especially once you get later in the game, that it just feels broken. Like they're faster than you, a lot faster. And you have to you have to juggle that with dodging because you're invincible when you dodge. Yeah. So like, there's a kind of like dance that you're playing, you know, with flashlight, and then they get close and they're about to hit you, and you dodge. Or homie threw an axe, so you dodge then. And so, yeah, there's there's definitely, like, a shooty, dodgy dance going on. The dodge is so jank, though, dude. Like, <laughs> the dodge is jank as fuck. And basically, like, you have to press, uh, you know, a shoulder button and a direction. Mm-hmm. And then you do a dodge. Yeah. Now, when you do... So that's kind of weird already. It's, it's really awkward to me to pull off. Really? But it's just I, like yeah. I knew I knew danger was coming, so I would just like slam left bumper and I would usually be fine, like nine times out of ten. I don't know. It just felt super janked to me. The thing that was really fucked up though was that like when you dodge, the camera moves to show you like a cinematic angle of your dodge. Yeah. And so it like will whip around and then whip back and it's super disorienting. So a lot of times I would like dodge one thing but then get hit from behind by an enemy because 
I like couldn't. I was just super disoriented from mm. the camera whipping around. Yeah, and it puts you in bullet time too. So, yeah, and the other and like the camera is already, in my opinion, at a really bad angle, and there's so much motion blur on everything. <laughs> it's a very blurry game. It's 2010 motion blur too. It's not like you know like tamed down. No, but it's there constantly all the time. Like it is insufferable. And so combat just ended up being like a blurry mess to me, you know? And it's like, uh, I don't know. It's, it's weird because it wasn't like, it's not super, I played it on easy at your recommendation. Yeah. So (laughs) it got really annoying towards the end. And so I don't, you know, if you're, if you're in it for the narrative experience, which, you know, I mean, like (laughs) don't go into this for the narrative experience. But I mean, yeah, I recommend playing this one on easy. Unless you like playing shooty shoots and then maybe play it on normal or hard. Yeah, I just, I didn't think it was well developed. I didn't think it really had like a solid hook. And I don't think it goes anywhere. Like they throw more guys at you. But once you've seen the big guys, that's it. Like, yeah, I mean, there's like flocks of birds, too. And so, like, evil oh birds my will God. They'll, like, Jesus dive bomb Christ. you, like, Hitchcock. And so you just have to, like, focus your flashlight on them and kind of pick them off. Well, yeah, later in the game, they introduce a couple enemies that are so, like, abstract that it's, like, I didn't get even what I was supposed to do until I had, like, I was almost done with the game. Like, there's flocks of birds that you can kind of like pick off with your flashlight or you can shoot with a flare, but mm-hmm. guns don't really do anything against. And there's like cursed items that fly at you and damage you. Yeah, like a possessed dumpster will like fly in the air and th- throw itself at you. Those things are yeah. pain in the ass to you because they use like a lot of flashlight to die. Yeah. It's like, like a lot. It, so the idea I think is that you're either like using your really good items on these things or you're just like dodging like crazy. Yeah. And it's super janky it just feels like shit and it's like why am i fighting a dumpster one of my least favorite parts of the game was i think you're crossing the underside of a bridge and it's falling apart and then like all these like burls and shit come alive and start throwing themselves at you so stupid oh my god yeah and like the the floor panels are coming up yeah and like it's just so dumb like you can't tell what's going on. You can't tell what you're supposed to do. Or even if you can, you can't like execute it. And well, once it's, again, it's the, go forward because the whole game is just go forward. Right. But it's like, what in this is supposed to be like fun or exciting? Yeah. Like it's, it's like a Mario party mini game from hell. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a front of the box quote. Yeah. This game is like Mario Party designed by Pyramid Head. Wow. I would say that Alan Wake, like, you know, if like Twin Peaks is Coca-Cola and Deadly Premonition is like the regional supermarket brand, Alan Wake is like the the cola-flavored LaCroix of Twin Peaks clones. <laughs> Have you had the cola-flavored LaCroix? Yeah, I actually like it. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. That shit is like battery acid. It is the worst <laughs> thing I've ever had. I actually like it. Sorry, dude. (laughs) Top 10 anime betrayals. You also like drink your own piss in the morning. (laughs) Yeah, usually. (laughs) Uh, I mean, that's why I liked Alan Wake so much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, I think you're onto something with like, okay, so there's a regional 
supermarket brand that I think they actually stopped making around here called Roundies. <laughs> and I like it. The other day I found like the last Roundies machine. It was like this rusty, nasty, broken down machine that was in a back alley on like the very southern edge of the city. Mm-hmm. I think that machine would dispense Alan Wake Cola. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you guys are up north. You got Fago, right? Uh, not really. No. Oh, okay. I think you can maybe get it somewhere, but it's it's not like a it's not like in Michigan where it's everywhere. Dude, I fucking I bet that this game is like huge with juggalos and juggalettes. Oh yeah, a lot I of put hatchets. money on that. <laughs> a lot of hatchets flying around. Xboxes. <laughs> Xboxes, Mountain Dew, dude. <laughs> Hell yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So that's the combat. It fucking sucks. Well, it, it doesn't fucking suck. It's, it's just like repetitive and grating and it never ends. And Alan wakes like a train killer and it's so stupid because he's supposed to be like, like a skinny, like pale nerd that like, like look at Stephen King. Stephen King can't shoot anything. Right. <laughs> okay. So here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. So let's kind of play devil's advocate here. Right. Because this game has sort of written into it an explanation for why everything is so weird and crazy. Mm-hmm. Why Alan Wake is a superhero, why he can jump off a mountain and survive, and why he can murder, you know, the underworld, the entire underworld. Like he kills every zombie ever made. Like the game writes in an explanation which is that the entire events of the game take place within a story written by Alan Wake. Uh-huh. So the game opens and then there's a time jump. There's a week time jump and Alan Wake wakes up and after that jump he's basically inside his own story. So He's searching for manuscript pages and he's trying to finish this manuscript because he's like literally writing the story. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the game, it, it, okay, so it kind of starts signposting this like from the beginning <laughs> and then it sort of like dives into it more and more as the game goes on. And at the end of the game, it's sort of like, okay, that's absolutely the case. The, this whole time, Alan Wake is caught inside of a cabin that's in nowhere like it's in like some weird demonic vortex created by the lady in black right Mm -hmm. because she is like the resurrected lover of another writer who went through the exact same thing except he just wrote himself out of history but that didn't work because like the evil was still around um whatever dude well okay no hold on i'm getting there (laughs) so uh like you now you're Alan Wake and you're trying to find the solution for how to actually contain the evil. So in these manuscript pages and in certain cutscenes and supplemental shit and whatever, it's basically like you're playing as like a proxy for the real Alan Wake who's writing the story and he's trying to like trick the evil into containing itself. Mm-hmm. And what he ends up doing is finding the original author who did this before who then kind of like explains to him how to like trap the evil 
And then he does it and he creates a double of himself, Mm -hmm. which is either the character that you've been playing the whole game or a double that goes back to Earth and starts wreaking havoc as evil Alan Wake, which is what American Nightmare is about. Mm -hmm. And then but the game just ends with this like weird ending that doesn't make sense where like your wife survives. She's freed from the evil, which has been trapping her the whole game. But you are like trapped inside there forever coop is stuck in the black lodge and evil coop is out yeah so that's like okay so that as a plot explanation would explain all the stuff that doesn't make sense in terms of like why can he like be a superhero basically but once again as a piece of writing that is so fucking stupid like what yeah, well, it works in Twin Peaks because there's actually, like, a lore and history and everything. This game is just, like, Twin Peaks Mad Libs. Like, they just keep saying the evil and, like, the dark presence. And, like, that's supposed to just, like, like smudge, you know? It, it's all just a setup for season two that never comes. Yeah. It's, like, so insane. It's there's no so last boss. Stupid. Yeah. There's no, like, big... I mean, there's sort of a confrontation at the end and then it just fizzles out and it's over. Yeah, but it just like it blew my mind because close to the end, they do start like hinting at some things that are kind of cool where it's like, okay, this writer came before and maybe like he created Alan Wake. Like there's some weird hint that like Alan Wake is like always just been a character or something. And then it just like doesn't do anything with that. And it doesn't do anything with anything. And the game just ends. Mm. And that's just the end of it. And it, like, somehow made me even madder. Because it was like, what was the point of all of that? Here's the thing. Okay, we're skipping a bunch of stuff because the game has a terrible plot and terrible pacing. So it keeps trying to throw, like, quote-unquote twists at you. Mm -hmm. But they all land with, like, a total wet plop. Like... So first the game is like, you're in a story, it's a meta thing. But the way that it introduces that is just by by like telling you over and over. Like it's not even hinting, it's just telling you that. So by the time in the middle of the game where they drop it, like it's a big reveal, it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like you already told me this is what's happening. And like they, so that's stolen straight out of like Mouth of Madness. And then they also mm-hmm. do like, a, they pull a shutter island and they're kind of like, you're crazy no you're not yeah you are no you're not and it's like dude this isn't interesting and you've already it's like goes beyond signposting and hinting like you straight up told me that the doctor is evil and i'm not crazy like yeah stop stop it (laughs) and there's all these like weird like big set pieces like okay there's a part where you have to go to like the two burnout old men's like farm And they were in, like, a metal band back in the 70s. And so there's, like, a stage out on the farm. And, like, all, like, a horde of the darkness zombies are, like, attacking you. And But luckily they have, like, a a pyrotechnic set set up on their stage. So you're, like, blowing up fireworks and shit to kill these zombies. And it's just just so, like, Buffy the Vampire Slayer or something. I, I don't know. Yeah, well, and it's okay. Here's the other thing is that this. So the reason that 2013 was kind of like burned into my mind as like 
when this era is like fucking over is because uh, like the evil within which actually sorry I guess it came out in like 2014 but that uh, roughly that time period and like the evil within is basically what this game wants to be Mm. and the evil within has problems like don't get me wrong I like I'm somewhat convinced that my love of that game is partially Stockholm syndrome. Um, (laughs) But like when you compare this game to that game, you just realize like, oh, they figured it out because like, okay, the evil within has a complete nonsense story, just complete chop salad of like garbage. Like every stage is a totally different setting. There's all these weird set pieces, but nothing is ever explained. Like there's a really light explanation at the end that more or less boils down to it was all a dream. Like a game is a mess, but mm-hmm. it's a really fun mess. And it's very clear that at no point are you supposed to take the story seriously or take its gritty hard-boiled hard-drinking detective sebastian castellanos seriously (laughs) like you are not supposed to think that this is like well written or very artful or anything Mm -hmm. like it's a total fucking loaded chicago dog of a game it's a hot (laughs) mess and once you set it up so that you can play it's like you have to turn off a bunch of shit in the options you have to play it on easy blah 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 once you set it up so you can play it, that game is fun as fuck, right? Dude, we're and supposed to be like, talking about the nuances of Alan Wake. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, I'm getting there, James. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the point is that when you compare it to this game, it's just like mind-blowing because this game has none of those upsides. Like, it's it's not fun. It's not funny. It's not good or, you know, well-written enough to be its own thing, seriously. And it doesn't go hard enough in the other direction for me to like or for it to merit consideration Mm -hmm. like once you play evil like i think a lot of these people who love alan wake must have just like not played evil within because a lot of people didn't play evil within because it's a it's a tough sell and i get that but like reviewed poorly yeah but to me it's wild because the evil within is just like the best case scenario for this game like you know 3d action shooter horror yeah with like a character who looks and sounds almost exactly the same who has like yeah gruff yeah gruff like white guy you know fit he's got long hair whatever like (laughs) it's just like that game is the best case scenario for this game you know yeah and i once again i mean evil within 2 is just like a masterpiece so it kind of like led to something imagine if this went the other way i mean they said they wanted it to be more open world and open-ended what if there was that openness in between all the shooty shoot i think the bad writing and direction would still be a problem but i will grant that if it had been spaced out a lot more Mm-hmm. it would have been a lot more bearable like okay for example silent hill the english translation of silent hill makes the writing really bad you know i don't know about the japanese because i don't know japanese but like that english translation is bad the dialogue is bad there's just like not a lot there right mm-hmm. but it's spaced out very sparsely over the entire game so it just yeah. doesn't 
matter like the game's atmosphere and you know the the imagery and all the stuff becomes more important <laughs> i sort of imagine this game is like if you took all of that dialogue and story in silent hill and condensed it into 15 minutes yes and exactly. just like fucking mainlined it you would be like yeah. oh my god shut up why is this guy's only line of dialogue what's happening you know like <laughs> this game is like that yeah. I, I, th- I see what you're saying. Like there's maybe like 50 hours worth of bad writing condensed into like eight hours of game or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's brutal. I will say that this game definitely made me feel like it's the shitty version of evil within. And that like, if anybody finds anything redeeming about this game or thinks the aesthetic or anything is interesting, they should absolutely play evil within. If I had to find a silver lining in this game, I would say it's probably like some of the environments. Like the police station is really cool. It's it's like it's like walking around the Twin Peaks Sheriff's Department. Yeah, you know, it was a really cool like trailer park and diner. Yeah, you know, it's almost like walking into a couple sets from Twin Peaks. And I guess that's cool. But it, like, don't go like buy or play this for that. You know. Yeah, like it looks good. I mean, the graphics look good. The forest is well rendered. Um, you know, it has some cool lighting effects. Uh, it also has some really like lens flary, blinding light that sort of gave me a headache. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, yeah, like it looks cool. It's got a good aesthetic. I mean, considering that it's kind of just like a blue 2010s blockbuster kind of look, it actually. Yeah for that like it looks really good yeah um low yeah, budget blockbuster like, such a waste made for tv movie six episode miniseries yeah just go fucking play evil within like <laughs> it's just the a lot of the same ideas but done way better and it like at no point asks you to take it seriously like oh my god it's just like it's a lot like blood actually like i remember when we were talking about blood you were like oh blood is like this goofy horror experience that's like oh you beat duke nukem well here's like the harder version of that yeah like evil within is like that with resident evil 4 where it's like Uh uh-huh okay it's like goofy it's all over the place it doesn't have any sort of lore or anything i mean it's it's wackadoo and it's so fun I mean, like once you get it going and then you get to play the second one, which is just like, oh, man, just a ride. (laughs) I'm like dreaming of better games just because this game bummed me Mm -hmm. out so bad. Mm -hmm. It is depressing. I I feel like somebody people are going to defend this. I I would love to hear your defense on this game. Yeah, no, I would. I would, too, because I really I just don't see it. But I think it's also I mean, okay, I'm not like a stickler generally about anything in in terms of media. Like I'm not I I'm not, I don't like watch Cinema Sins videos and like get all like fired up or whatever, you mm-hmm. know? But like I do have my certain pet peeves and a big one for me is when a game or a work of art or a character within a work is supposed to represent a certain kind of artist or art form. Uh-huh. And then what they do is bad like the classic example of this is like when there's a band in a movie that's supposed to have like this really good song and then the song is just like really shitty or they're supposed to be like a really good band and they just fucking suck right right? 
And I think my favorite uh, workaround for this ever, uh, I thought this was absolutely brilliant, was there's a, a Japanese manga called Beck um, that's like actually really good and it's like about a band. And they made a movie adaptation of it. And I, I watched it and I was like, man, I wonder what they're going to do about this song. Because they have this one song that's just like the greatest song ever. <laughs> and people in the manga keep talking about how like it's the best song ever, right? Like it's a thing. Um, and so in the movie, what they do is that every time the band is about to perform the song, it basically just goes like slow-mo and just like ambient music plays and you don't ever get to hear the song. That's awesome. It's fucking awesome, right? So it's like, imagine if in this game it had been all about this writer, but you like never got to read his writing, like in the mouth of madness, like you don't read <laughs> yeah. his writing, you know, yeah. it's like, it doesn't like explain to you. He's not the like, you know, whatever Sutter Kane isn't like mm-hmm. the main character of the movie. You're not inside his head. So you don't get the experience to, or you don't even get the opportunity to think like, oh, he's a hack or whatever. You just on face take the the movie's word that he's this like amazing writer in this game it's like they say he's an amazing writer he's a bestseller whatever and then they show you how his mind works and you read his writing and it's all terrible yeah like it drives me pretty irredeemable i mean yeah yeah i i stopped reading his manuscript so early in the game i can't even like tell you it's just yeah yeah, no (laughs) yeah so I'm just I'm never gonna get over that F minus <laughs> if he was in my English class I'd fail him yeah well I mean I've had to critique writing before and like I've had to teach people how to write better I used to be an editor like and I I know where I would start with this guy and it'd be a real long talk <laughs> alright so that's it Alan Wake is fucking garbage uh, you here first <laughs> Nine years later. Well, and like, I I put that discussion at the beginning just to say, like, I don't feel good about how bad this game made me feel. I feel bad. I mean, you gotta call it like you see it, you know? Yeah. I took no joy. I hope it's clear that I took no joy in this. No. Just say no. No. Do drugs instead. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. Drugs. You'll have a better time, like, smoking pot in the woods. Oh, yeah. <laughs> than playing Alan Wake. Absolutely. No no question. No comparison, even. So go in your mom's purse. Steal your mom's pot. <laughs> <laughs> grab grab your mom's uh, your mom's one in the dugout and just go pretend like you're smoking a cigarette. Be cool. Yeah. yeah it's fine, dude. Chill. Speaking so. of chilling, I think we're going to game club. We are now leaving Bright Falls. <laughs> Good riddance. Thank fuck. You know what it felt like? The last tour I went on, um, it was like, it was two bands and both bands booked the tour together, which Mm. was mostly a positive experience because wherever one person didn't have a good connect like the other person would. But uh, somehow we accidentally ended up playing like three shows in Michigan. (laughs) Wow. And it was just like, the weather was really gray and shitty and we were in Michigan like small town Michigan basically for like three days and once we left Michigan I was like god thank fuck like three week nights in Michigan <laughs> yeah it was like no offense but like I just was ready to get the fuck out of there <laughs> that's how I feel right now I'm like dude get me out of fucking Bright Falls get me back to wherever the fuck I'm going next I don't care well our schedule's been so fucked up 
What's next? Uh, Clock Tower? Super Famicom? Super Famicom Clock Tower. Yeah. That'll be a short one. Yeah. That'll be (laughs) fun. That'll be fun to talk about for sure. Yeah. Get to fire Um, up the old analog Super NT. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You're going like real deal. I forgot. Hi-fi. Hell yeah, dude. First time using it on the show. Nice. Uh, I'm definitely not doing that, but I respect you. Nice. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> I, that. I want you to know that I respect you, James. <laughs> um, and then I don't know if we have anything planned after that. We have, I guess that's when we can drop our deadly premonition follow-up yeah. discussion. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Finally. Finally. It's been in the can for a while. Yeah. The return to Greenville. That's where we're going. We're getting the fuck out of this Bright Falls shitty place. We're going back to fucking Greenville. I liked it there. I imagine that the it, like the towns make like a triangle. Twin yeah. Peaks, Bright Falls, and Greenville. <laughs> yeah, totally. They all share the same waterfall. Yeah, totally. But nobody likes going to uh, Bright Falls. Hell no. We got this weird FBI agent there who's just like crazy, even crazier than the one in Deadly Premonition. Mm-hmm. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, let's never talk uh, about this game again. That's it. Yep. <laughs> We're throwing that book into the fire, boys and girls. <laughs> We're taking an oath of silence now, and uh, this never happened. <laughs> Thanks for being here.